Hey everyone, welcome to another Mastermind Advisor podcast with Josh Woodward and myself, Vince Oldry. And today we're going to talk about the five strategies to marketing and how I would implement my practice differently if I were to start all over. Now, Josh and I are going to go into the deep analysis of what works when it comes to marketing, and that's why we would implement these five strategies if I were to start over, but also talk about the things that I've tried that didn't work. So that way you can avoid those things as well. So make sure to tune in, listen to the whole show. And if you like the shows, make sure you follow our YouTube channel or follow our website. And if you need to go to our website, go to mastermindadvisor.com and you can find more information there about all the tools that we use. All right, let's tune in. This is the Mastermind Advisor Marketing Podcast with Vince Aldre and Josh Woodward. Hey everyone. Welcome to another podcast with Mastermind Advisor Marketing. I'm Vince Oldry. I'm with Josh Woodward. He's laughing at me because I'm wearing a sweet shirt today. My financial planning company it says CFG Retirement Racing. And I have a cool catchphrase on it. It says, um, well, it gives a definition of retirement, but then uh, it says the last definition is where every day we can go racing. So like the catch line now is always going to be like, when we go on our client boat cruise, it's wherever day we can go boating or wherever day we can go fishing or wherever day we can go traveling, you know? So that's my new slogan. Don't steal it. It's mine. It's trademarked. Talk about, talk about a little self promo there. It's a little oh, bit. And by the not... way, Vince is looking for a sponsorship for the <laughs> yeah, his race wanna... team. Um, yeah. <laughs> click the link I below my... and you can. <laughs> you see that? Yeah, it's, we see it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, click the link below, guys, and uh, feel free to Venmo Vince money, and he'll put your logo on his race car. <laughs> <laughs> no, but today uh, we're going to talk about the five. If I basically we're going to talk about like if I were to start all over and build my financial planning practice again, how would I start marketing? If I were to start all over, you know, because I did dinner seminars, I did you know social security workshops, I've done radio. Technically, I haven't done TV. I've done SEO. Uh, I've done webinars, uh, digital marketing, as far as just like lead gen. So I've done a lot. And so today we're going to talk about the five best things that you can do for marketing. And if you were to start all over, where would I start to help grow the practice? Uh, we're to a tune of right now. We're man, we're already at twenty million this year for new assets. So that's a good run rate. Uh, I thought we were going to be a run rate of 36 million. I think we're going to go way past that, but let's talk about, you know, what, what we would do first. And I, I think the favorite, you know, what everyone talks about is everyone's trying to get into in front of good quality prospects. Right. And I think the best way to start is, especially because you don't have referrals and that kind of thing. I think the best way to start is actually doing seminars or webinars, some version, right? And that's because that's one way that we build rapport with people in front of them versus when I was doing lead gen, like I'm just chasing people. I don't really have a good script, you know, I'm making up a script as I go. I'm chasing people around. It's, it's not fun. Yeah. I think this is, this would be a good webinar for like anyone that's, I mean, even people that have been in this shit for a long time, right. They can kind of, kind of reset. But even like new guys, like I was talking to an advisor yesterday, uh, he's newer in the industry, kind of just hired us and is like just 
just looking at what he should be doing. And so we kind of had this conversation and just like your point, I think the best way to start is, is probably with, you know, seminars, right? Um, it, it gets you in front of people relatively quick. You're close, you're closing business a little bit faster. Um, and you're meeting people face to face. So you kind of, you're kind of getting that practice with that rapport and all that stuff as well. Yeah. Your, your close time is shorter too. So like, you know, going from seminar to meeting to being able to close somebody is much shorter versus let's say radio or, or something else, um, that you, you start, um, lead gen, you know, you can, you know, I was always told that you do 10 appointments or you buy 10 appointments and you should be able to close one. Well, the lead gen that I did was more like someone saw something online, they filled out a form and then they supposedly that marketing firm called them to confirm that they were interested and then they wanted an appointment. And then it, and then it was sent to me, then I call them. But then the funny thing is like, I don't know how they got a hold of them because I could never get a hold of them. <laughs> like, like the Legion somehow I always would have these, these conversations and it would mark down everything that they talked about. And then I could never get a hold of them. Yeah. That, that's definitely one of the hardest parts with, with that kind of format. Um, and obviously I think when we talk about seminars too, it's like not dinner seminars, All right, We're doing, I'd recommend educational classes, right? Doing digital, um, not mailers. So you can typically do a seminar at a really low cost comparative to other sources, right? Paying per lead, chasing them down with your time cost, things like that. So like, yeah, if you're starting fresh, some, some educational classes with digital marketing, it's probably one of the best ways I would think to get business through the door and kind of get the practice rolling. I think it's the lowest cost. Uh, it's the most efficient. And there's a, there's a lot of reasons why, you know, when we think about digital marketing versus mailers, digital marketing, we are able to capture a lot of data. When we are getting someone to sign up for a seminar, we are able to capture, you know, do they come to the landing page? We'll capture their IP address. So we can do retargeting campaigns on the road if we want to. Um, let's say they just give us the email address and, and their phone number and they don't show up to the seminar, well, we can still retarget them down the road too. Versus with mail, you know, we send out, let's, I used to send out 10,000 pieces of mail and we used to brag about getting a 1% response rate. And that wasn't a 1% response rate based on households. That was a 1% response rate based on how many people showed, which I always like, mind, it's mind boggling to me is because like, I don't, you know, when funny thing is when people measure, you know, seminars on the digital side, they measure households, you know, they don't measure, you know, how many people were there. So it's, it's, it's like, well, wait a minute. It's what I, so I don't understand here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's crazy. But the, the thing is like, so, so we sent out 10,000, 10,000 piece mail. Well, there's something called like the, you know, the, I don't know what the technical term for it, but how many people are willing to buy, right? So there's like 3%, 3 of people are like willing to buy today, essentially. And then 7% of people are in the market, but they're not quite sure. Then there's the other 30% that aren't, aren't in the market, but they'll probably buy at some point. And then the next 30% are just not interested right now. Probably, hopefully they will be. So there's a timing factor, right? Then the other 30% just aren't interested at all, right? They, they'll never buy from you. So 
The interesting thing is with mail, we're only hitting that top 3%. And then at the same time, we have no idea of those 3% that did open it. How many of them like thought about like, hey, I'd like to go to that, but that date doesn't work for me. Toss, right? Oh, I'd like to go to that, but you know, that's not the right topic. Toss, right? Or I'd like to go to that, but I'm three months away. Toss. So the, the problem is we have no way of tracking that through mail. Versus with digital, we can track all that, right? I mean, as far as like we can get their IP address, we can keep hitting them, we can tell Facebook to keep paying them. When it comes to um, the the IP, attra- IP address, we can also uh, send them more emails, right? So there's there's some really cool things with the digital aspect where money goes a lot further than if we did mail. Now, you know, today I still know a ton of people that do mail and they think mail is better and they you can target better with mail. It's not true. Absolutely not true. The way that you target better with Facebook ads is the right topic. That's all. It's key. I mean, this might this might be going too deep into the woods on mail versus digital, but it is funny when we look at that because it's like, um, I think I was talking to Vince in, in Florida about this as well. Um, and obviously he does mail. He does dinner seminars. And I'm trying to convince the guy to do these educational classes. I know he listens to this podcast, so hopefully this helps. But um, <laughs> <laughs> kind of a self-push here. Um, but it's just so funny because like even with like the webinars and all the other stuff we do, the cool thing with digital is like if they click on the landing page, right, they showed interest. So you should take advantage of that. When we talk about mail, they open it, but how do you retarget that? They opened it, but I mean, I don't even know how you track open rates on, on mail. With can. digital, you can literally see the entire footprint of someone. Like even our system will show like they click the link on this day at this time. They went to this link at this time. They opened this email at this time. And you can literally see the timeline of each step. And so like, again, this is probably mail versus digital now, but um, it's just funny to me on like the benefits of digital. One, it's cheaper uh, and it's, or I shouldn't say cheaper. It's more cost effective. And then two, you have the ability to take advantage of everyone that didn't attend or even didn't even register, right? Didn't show, didn't set an appointment. You have the ability to retarget and like re-engage them. And none of those leads are lost with, with mail. You send out 10,000 pieces. If you had a one response, right? 1% response rate, what happened to the other 99%? Like, and you just can't take advantage of it with mail. Like you can digital. On a, a creepy sort of app. So, Vince, if you're listening, I mean, you should try try class. I'm listening. I know you're talking about a different Vince, so <laughs> yeah, d- different Vince guys, not those. Yeah, no, there there is some truth to that, especially like the the. I know we're d- digging deeper here into the digital aspect more so than on the marketing side of the you know seminars and the other things that work. But the reason why we're talking about it so much is because it does feed into the other things that do work, such as our webinars, email, SEO, like all that stuff. All of a sudden, like if you're doing any um, radio and TV, same thing. I think the cool part is with what we've built is that we can see the conversions, right? We can see how many people came to our landing page and then we can see how many people signed up and we can see how many people uh Gave us their information. So there's there's some conversion rates that we understand. There's um, a lot more data there that, I, I mean, technically, I don't even think we use all the data yet that we, we possibly could. And, and that's all these things that we're trying to build out, you know, like our email sequences and that kind of thing. So, 
you know, that kind of leads us to the next part is if I wasn't doing seminars right away, I'd also be doing webinars. Now, there's a difference between seminars and webinars, and uh, it can sometimes be a difference is, you know, the advisor. How good is the advisor with working with people? Are they good at working with people online? Some aren't, some are. Um, yesterday, I just brought on someone with $950,000. Um, it took five meetings. It took a long time in comparison because we're having to build that rapport you know, like he, he's trying to trust me over long, uh, over the internet. It just took a little bit longer. But once the trust was there, then all of a sudden, here's my statements. Here's everything. Let's move it out, move it out, move it out. And, and Jackie on my team loves working with him, you know, because at the beginning she was like, I don't know. Uh, he's, you know, questioning a lot. I'm like, it's because he's trying to build the trust. He wants to, you know, be comfortable with what he's doing. And one thing that I do on the, on the webinar side of things is I take my time with them. I want them. I want to give them what they're asking for first. Uh, another guy we met with yesterday, $10 million. Uh, he's like, look, I've talked with a bunch of you guys, and all you guys you know, say you're going to talk about taxes, but then you just spin right back into the investments. I'm like, I won't do that. Here, let's just talk about taxes. The funny thing is, at the end of the meeting, he is the one bringing up investments and how he hates his advisor and how he wants to move and he wants to talk more about his investments. I'm like, dude, I'll do, we'll, we'll talk more about the investments. That's not what you asked me to talk about today. So why don't we do this? I, let's finalize the tax side of things and then we'll move it in the investments next meeting. Does that sound good? Yeah. Okay, so what happened there? Built his trust. And that's why the webinars are so good too because you're getting in front of people with good quality money that don't want to come into the seminars or don't want to come into the in-person meetings and that kind of thing. They just want to do everything over the internet. Um, Mike in my office brought on a client in California that has about a million dollars or that he, we originally got to work with a million. She's got 5 million. Now she just brought over the rest. Okay. So there's, you know, it's, it's huge, right? Mm -hmm. This, the webinar part though is a little bit different because we're, we're, we're not doing like seminar marketing where we do like a $2,500, into the ad spend or $2,000 or $1,500 in ad spend in one, you know, in a specific target date. With the webinars, we spread that money out over the course of the month and then we just have it, have meetings just drip into our calendar. So it's a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, a lot. I would say, I shouldn't say a little different. I mean, it's, there's a big difference there because, and I have this conversation a lot too. Um, it's like, Seminars, you know, if you spend twenty five hundred dollars, you're gonna have a fifty percent show rate. Out of that fifty percent, you should have five to ten appointments, right, of the people that show, and you can per calculate night. that, per right? Night. With webinars, we do a slow drip, and it's you know we spend four hundred dollars a week, and it just continues to run. And you have webinars every week, and the thing is, it's more mental than anything, right? Because people are looking at that and be like, man, it's been a week, I haven't gotten an appointment yet. What happened? All right, well, hey, let's just. Let's write it out. Let's make some adjustments. All right, next week, how many how many appointments did you get? Oh, I got three. Okay, great. You know, so it's like it ebbs and flows with the the targeting and the retargeting and all that. So there's like there's consistency there, but then there's also off off weeks or whatever. Where a seminar, you, you can kind of like, all right, I know August twenty five, I have a class. That means I should have twenty five people there, which means I should book ten appointments or you know. 12 households so maybe you get like six appointments or whatever you know webinars it's every week right so you should get one to one to three appointments roughly a week and then based on the appointment process yep depend yep and then it's all then from there it's all based on appointments right you got to and that's a learning curve too i think we've we've realized that with working advisors and virtual is like 
the process is different. You can't hard pitch a product. You got to take your time, build that trust. Like Vince just said, it's just a, it's a different game. But once you figure the game out, it's uh very, very lucrative. So like, I think the point of this point in this is like, now that Vince has kind of figured all that out, if you were to start that practice over and, and focus a lot on webinars, you almost have that virtual practice set up, right? Um, it just, there's just a learning learning curve there that, that makes that difference. Yeah. It's it, I mean, I think you're, you hit the nail on the head, you know, the, the seminars are more instant gratification. I think where you go to the seminar, you'll get five or six appointments that night, do another seminar, get another five or six appointments. But if you break it down, like eventually you'll, you'll see that you'll get one or two clients out of that. Right. And you're not going to get 12 clients. And that's where I think people just get a little anxious on the webinar side because it, you know, initially it's a slow start. And that's just because we're not throwing $2,500 right into it, right? So there's a little bit slower start, but there's a reason why we do a slower start, at least the way I like it, because I just want quality appointments. I don't want just like anyone just going to a seminar. And we've actually built out this women in money one that she came to us because she had some other digital agency build out this campaign, get like, what, like 100 people to register, 20 people attend. She's like, I got a lot of attendees, but then the appointments just suck. I'm like, well, I probably know why. She's like, why? I'm like, because there's nothing in between. Like there's, they're signing up for something. And then she's offering a 15 minute appointment and it just, you know, like, or a 15 minute like strategy call. And the reason why she had to do the 15 minute strategy call is because she's trying to save her time on her calendar and weed out all the crappy people or they're not crappy people. There's, she's trying to weed out the people that won't work for her practice. Okay. So I'm sorry. I don't, I don't mean that they're crappy people. They're just, they're not a good fit. And so that's why we, the way we do it for our webinar is we want people to go through a filtration process to make sure they would be a better fit for us. And there are some people that squeak through that filtration process, but for the most part, it's all good quality. So, you know, if I were to start all over again, number one, seminars, number two, webinars would be my top two for sure. And you can go either way with that. It all kind of depends on how you want us. Like if I were just to start a virtual practice all over, webinars for sure. Absolutely. You know, if I want to do, um, you know, more in-person stuff, you know, Mike in my office, he's probably better that in-person, although that client from California uh, was a webinar. So it just, uh, another client came, $3 million. Actually, a lot of his top, cl- his biggest clients came from the webinar. That's so funny. I mean, I, I, I created a report for one of our advisors recently on this too, because he was like, he's doing webinars and seminars with us and he wanted to stop the webinar side of the marketing because the the closing process was just, it was just too long. Right. And he was just thinking it wasn't working. And so I, I ran this report. We ran it through our database to, to get the average assets that these clients have. His webinar was bringing in 30, I think it was 30 to 35 million. That's his appointment set. That's how many people he was in front of. His seminar was 17 to 22 million. So like, if you just look at that difference, like the webinar, even though it's longer drips, it takes a little bit more time, but once it's cultivated and running, the assets- Can I just stop you for a second? Way outweigh that, (laughs) yeah. Hold on. So what time frame was this over? Six months. Okay, so he's been in front of, what'd you say? Like over almost 60 million? Yeah, I think it was 50 50 million, 55 million. I think at a low end, it was like 50 million. High end, it was like 56 million in six months. Okay, it's a lot of money. 
Yeah. Um, a, and those are just okay. a, that's appointment sets, not who attended the the seminar or who attended the webinar. Those were legit appointment sets. Yeah, it's a lot of money, but what I'm trying to say is like if we look at the numbers, <laughs> yeah, webinars way outweigh like higher net worth, all all mm -hmm. of that compared to seminars. And the funny thing is he had I think it's it was based out of twenty or twenty five appointments each. So twenty five in the webinar and twenty five in the seminar. It was like break even literally on what he had from what I could track. Um and so if you just look at the numbers on the average prospect you get into, it's funny because webinars just just dominate seminars. It's just a mental game with advisors on on waiting the, the waiting game due to the funnel that we put people through. And so it's just it's funny because I, I, I recommend everyone to run webinars and like, I think everyone should do it. I was, you just have to wait was, just a couple months and that's the hard part, right? Like, and the funny thing is like another advisor, I mean, with he, he closed his first person, right? He, he got one appointment, closed him right away. And I was like, man, that's awesome. And then the second week he was mad because he only got one more appointment, didn't close that guy. And I was like, well, I mean, it's great. You <laughs> closed the guy, but just understand like, this is like, we're growing something that's like longevity, like, if you did this for six months, 12 months, just imagine the pipeline that you're going to have. Um, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, and so like if you're starting out and you want instant gratification, obviously seminars is the way to go. But if you're building longevity, I'm going to swear by it. I think, I think the webinar funnel, if done right, is, is way going to outweigh any of the seminar stuff that you, that you do long-term. I will say that just to put some caution in the wind here <laughs> on the webinar side of things, like if you're just starting out, starting out, if you're just like an annuity guy or just an AUM guy or whatever, you have to be careful because when you're doing the webinar stuff, people have found you on the internet, right? So they've probably already done a lot of research on the internet. So if you just come in, wield a, you know, you're, you're trying to sell an annuity right off the bat, it, you're done. Thanks. Yeah. Right. So it, you, we worked with this one advisor. We put him in front of $110 million. He was trying to do, like, I remember he was doing, uh, working on some prospect, had $2 million. He's putting a million and a half annuity in front of them. I'm like, what are you doing? It's too much. He's like, what? No, 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 no. You know, they say they want safe money, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, you're going to lose them. And it, he lost most of them because he would always try to throw too big of a, uh, too big of a annuity in front of him. We, we work with another advisor that's doing our seminars. He's doing well. His biggest problem they told me is that we're getting in front of too many high net worth prospects, too many people with a million dollars or more. I'm like, that's a problem. <laughs> and the problem for him is he just does annuities. And, um, I'm like, okay, so walk me through your process. Walk me through like your meeting process. So we walk through it. I'm like, okay. And then walk me what you're trying to sell them. Well, I'm trying to put, you know, I put 70% of their money into annuity. I'm like, what? That's too much. You know, the people that have higher net worth, they, here's, here's their story. Every single time, almost every single time, except for the guy yesterday, they want their, they want their money, meaning they want their income. They don't want to touch their principal. They want tax efficiency. Okay. So basically they, and then they want growth without losing much. Okay. Well, unfortunately, annuity can't really give you a lot of growth. That's all right. They can give you income, guaranteed income, but it usually, you know, dips into the principal. 
may not be so much the case now since interest rates have come back a little bit. But that's what when you show them those illustrations, that's what they look at. They just see the principal just going on the way down, like, and they, they that scares them. And and so that's you know just trying to help out you annuity guys out there. Don't do that. <laughs> I don't even when I use an annuity, I don't even show them an illustration. I just show them here's what annuity does. Here's what it's going to help you do. Okay, within your portfolio. But we don't even I don't show them an illustration. I just do a diagram. Here's how the annuity works. You know, we should get somewhere between four to six percent return on average. Can't lose anything. Uh, downfalls. It ties up our money for ten years, but we can still get ten percent out each year uh, as a free withdrawal. Do you still like that? Yep. Okay. Well, then we'll put a portion of that of your money into that. Okay. Moving on. Um, so sorry, I went off on a tangent there. I just know with on the webinar side of things, I've seen people struggle because they they. We are getting, or even on the seminars, we get in front of good high net worth or good quality prospects, but then we shoot ourselves in the foot. Every time. And I, you know, to be honest, I used to do that too. I did that six years ago, you know, doing the dinner seminars. Someone with a lot of money comes in, I used to do 50 50. You know, 50, 50% goes in annuity, 50% goes in AUM. Uh, it just doesn't work. Now, it, it might work better or it does work better or easier um, because it usually makes more sense for the people that have like usually 500000 or, or less, somewhere around there. And uh, because they, they really fear like running out of income more so than money. Whereas, you know, the people that have one or two million, they say they fear running out of money, but at the end of the day, like they can withstand a market downturn. So... It's just uh, one of those things that, you know, over time I learned what to do and how, how to understand it. But so anyway, let's get off my tangent here. Seminars and webinars, number one and number two, uh, best things to do. The next part, though, because this kind of feeds into it, is email. Because email is huge when it feeds in what you said, it feeds into the seminars and the webinar side of things. Because what happens when they come to your class and they don't set an appointment? What happens when they go to a webinar or they request, like in our funnel, they request an ebook first, but maybe don't sign up for the webinar. Go to the webinar, don't set an appointment. What happens there? 98% of advisors I talk to have this huge database of prospects that they've accumulated for all their years of in business. And I'm like, well, what are you doing with it? I'm like, well, nothing. It's just sitting on my computer. And I was like, literally, if we send them and, and Vince wrote a very very well done, like a re-engagement email trip where we send out email every other day to these people. Um, if you're on our B2B, like our, our mastermind emails, you understand how many emails Vince likes to send out. And the reason behind all that is you're re-engaging these people, bringing them back into the system. And it's just another way that you already spent money on these leads. How do you take advantage of them? Email is a great way to do it. So we gotta be careful with just email though, or just saying email because there is a bit of finesse to it, right? Um, there, you can use, you know, there's companies out there that you can hire um, that will send, you can have them send newsletters, emails. Uh, you can use a company that has really nice landing pages and, and email content, but there is a method to get it to work. And the method is this, it's actually simple, but the method is this, you have to give, 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 then ask. That's it. 
So give something for free, give something for free, give something for free, and then ask. Now, usually the ask can't be an appointment, okay? You can't just jump to the appointment. And that's where people go wrong. Um, there's a, I was just talking to Josh about this tax company. Or this They have this RMD calculator or this uh, tax-saving calculator for doing Roth conversions. And their first email that goes out after they get, do this RMD calculator sends them the guide or the their, whatever their calculation is. And in it, it just says, hey, do you want to meet with a professional? Here's why you should meet with a professional. Click here to set up an appointment. We didn't even get the, you know, technically you didn't get the permission yet. Like you just gave them some information. They don't know that they should meet. You got to give them more free information. Like, hey, did you fall in this range? Read this next, right? And then, or go to this webinar. So that's what we do with our email format. Same thing. Download the guide or go to my webinar. And then I can ask for the permission for the appointment and the webinar. Okay, and that's why we do it that way. Now, every now and then, yeah, you might strike it where you get someone right at the right time, that 0.1% of the time, sending out an email, you'll get somebody. But the majority of the time, you're not going to get somebody unless they, you kind of keep moving them along through a funnel like we're doing, where they get a guide, go to a webinar, then book an appointment. At the same time, it's going to benefit you and your time, too, because you're making them go through a process so that when they do book an appointment, you set that expectation, what that appointment's going to look like versus, hey, just book a time. Hey, you download this guide. Let's book, a, book, book some time with me, right? Like, hey, I, you download this social security guide. Book some time with me. Okay. Hey, yeah, I, I don't have any money, but I want to know how to take my social security. Oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that's, that's how that usually goes if you're just like, hey, book enough time with me. Well, people that will use and abuse that will use and abuse it, and it's not the right people you want to work with. Yeah, it's so funny because, like, there's we obviously know all the systems out there. And, like, if you're just, if I'm just selling you in an appointment, right, and trying to make money off of it, those are just great ways to do it, right? Like, smart asset. It's just a great way to do it. I give you a survey, you put your information in. All right, well, now you want, okay, maybe you want an appointment because it draws your attention. All right, I'm going to ship it off to three other advisors. They take it, try to call and get them on the phone. Um, I think like Dave Ramsey, same sort of style leads, right? Like, he does all this content, people ask for some information, and then he just sells those leads to someone else. He's not he's not trying to grow his practice. Smart Assets not trying to grow their private practice. So like with everything that we've talked about, right, if, if you're going to do it over again, in a sense, you have to do it right for it to work. But like with, with emails, it's it's also very crucial that you're you're providing value first before you ask for anything. And and make them go through I think steps. the holdup is writing all that content. Well, yeah, yeah, sorry. I think the holdup there or what it keeps like they write the content or hold, you know, they don't, they try to write the content. A lot of times they write the content in a way that's too salesy though too. Or a lot of times I see like content that's market update. It's like who gives a, you know, like you know how many market updates I could go get? Like no one wants to know about market updates. Stock tip. Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah. S&P is up this um, month. All right. So, <laughs> all right. So definitely have to do email uh, because otherwise you're just lighting all those leads go to waste. So anyone that comes to our seminars, webinars, or registers, they will fall into our email funnel somehow if they do not book an appointment. The next best thing that I would focus on is SEO marketing. So search engine optimization. 
And then uh, Josh and I were kind of talking about this because I don't think I've done search engine optimization correctly. I've tried, okay, and I was number one for a long time for you know financial advisor Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I just didn't get good results. Like this is five six years ago, but I just didn't get not good results. Like it was cool to be number one, and there's ways that you do it. You you, you have to do YouTube videos, you do uh, other social media content. You do articles, blog articles, you know, make sure you're using the right words, uh, keywords to pop up for that uh, B number one. Now, I got there. Okay, great. But I did it wrong. I'll admit, I did it wrong. And I need to go back and try it out. Um, yeah. I did it wrong because I did not have the right sequence in place. I did it where, hey, SEO, come to my landing or come to my website. And I just said, schedule a consultation, right? And I got some people to book appointments with me. Oh, they sucked. The appointments sucked. And here I am preaching how we want those appointments, right? So what did I do, Ron? I didn't get them to go through my normal process of, or my normal process now, go through these steps. And so now I know how to fix it. I know how to do it right. So uh, we're going to go back to work on SEO, which I know Addy is helping me with right now. I have... Jordan rebuilding my entire website with the SEO uh, search engine optimization in mind. So I'm excited about yeah. that. Um, what do you, what's your take on it's SEO? Awesome. I mean, I, I really think SEO and I mean, more so like just content in general is going to, it's going to be, I think the future of marketing, like I think paid is always great, right? Cause you're going to get in front of eyeballs as quickly as possible. But when you start looking again, long-term, right? Like if you, if you plan to have your practice for five, 10, 15, 20 more years, you know, SEO or content is the future to, I, I would think in the digital scape for success. If again, if everything's done right, there's a good way to do it. And there's just a, a really bad way to do it. Um, and so like, if you start producing content, you know, obviously even us, like with the podcast and like what we're doing here, you know, there's some podcasts that we do and they don't do good. Like we don't have a lot of views or a lot of listens, but we look at the data, we adjust, amend, and that just grows down the road. Now, if you're going to start Googling advisor marketing, the goal with all our content is that our podcast pops up, our YouTube videos pop up, our blogs and stuff like that pop up. I think if you're going to do it, expect you're playing the long-term game. Don't shoot for immediate success. Like, Don't try to get appointments right off the bat. Like, right. Otherwise, you're just not going to get good quality appointments. Um, but you build it out. You set it up right. Again provide value first before you ask for anything and long-term you'll have really good success where maybe you're not even spending money on ads anymore, or you're not spending money on marketing. It's just all organic traffic coming to your site, um, coming to your videos, asking for appointments. I've even, I've seen a couple advisors on this, um, that have been in the industry for a while doing the content for a very long time. And they've actually sold their practice and just focus on producing content because they were making money off just that. And so like, think of that as a large scale, like if, if you can not only get clients for your, your, your firm, but also get paid by YouTube for getting clients, like, wouldn't that be the best of both worlds? <laughs> I mean, so I think it's, I think it's the, the future game, um, like long-term, the hard part is you gotta stick with it. You, you gotta ignore the videos, ignore the views and just start producing good quality content. I shouldn't say ignore learn from them and adapt, right? Adjust and make, right. make changes. 
I know the funny thing is, like, as we're talking about this, there was 12 years ago when I was working at the FMO, trying to recruit advisors. I was trying to recruit, you know, I call up this one guy. I was like, yeah, I don't know if I'm still going to do much financial planning. I'm, I'm focusing more on my website. I'm like, what website is that? He's like, Seeking Alpha. I'm like, oh, okay. Seeking Alpha is huge now. It's huge. Before, it was just like this, you know, kind of like this random blog site in a way that people could put stuff up. And now it's huge. I, I don't remember his name. I should, you know, I just remembered that. I'm like, I remember calling that guy, <laughs> trying to recruit him. Uh, give me your annuity contract. Um, a lot of good that did. So, um, all right. So the fifth one, we don't have a lot of time for. We're running out of time, so I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it till our next one to let you know what I think about it because it's a big one. It's probably the most expensive one out there. It's the most talked about one probably right now. I'm going to say to hold off on it. But I'll let you know what that is on the fifth one. I think you should do it when you're fully established, really well established. We have uh, well over $100 million in assets, and I still don't want to do it yet. I still don't think it's cost effective. So, you know, maybe when we have a billion under management, maybe it'll then become cost effective. But right now, it's, it's not. So um, we'll save that for the next round. So if I were to start all over again, seminars, webinars, email, radio and i'll leave the next one out till next time so as always if you uh like listening to our podcast please like or subscribe and follow uh if you want to go see our youtube go to youtube.com and go search mastermind advisor you'll find our youtube channel and if you have any questions or you want to reach out to us go to mastermindadvisor.com and you can schedule some time with us all right. Until next time, Josh, thanks again. Always great getting your input. Always a blast. 